What's up, everyone? We're back. Welcome back to season two of Dr. Lee Unhinged. I'm Dr. Shaw. I'm Dr. Maxfield. Welcome back to our channel, Dr. Lee, um, where we do some things. And uh, Dr. Maxfield's got a good setup right now. I don't know if you're listening to audio. I don't know if you're seeing videos, but he's starting to look like a real YouTuber at this point. So, and I am wearing a backwards hat. So I'm, <laughs> I'm regressing and Dr. Maxfield is making progress. Yeah, I'm learning from the best, but you're learning from the best. He looks like Travis. I feel like he's like Travis Barker with a beard and clean, clean, clean skin. Okay, I'm cool then is what you're saying. Okay, mm-hmm. so we actually have some super exciting topics that I'm excited to talk about today. I don't know if you'll be excited to listen to them, but I'm excited to talk about them today. So first, we're going to be talking about Timu or Temu. I don't know if you've seen this shopping application, this distribution platform, but it's everywhere. We're going to be talking about TikTok shop. I don't know if you are on TikTok, but my feed is inundated with videos of people selling products now. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to be talking about the viral flaxseed mask. And is your bum bum cream from Sol de Janeiro attracting spiders? And finally, there have been three major acquisitions of skincare brands this past two weeks. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. So let's hop into it. All right, let's go. So I'm relying heavily on Dr. Shaw for this first part. So Temu, Timu, TikTok, Shop. They are both areas you can purchase products. And that's about as far as I know. I don't use either and I've not navigated either successfully. So where do you want to start? Okay, so I had seen so many videos of Timu, like just tons of videos of this Timu thing coming up. Like it would just show up on my feed and it would be like something clickbaity and then all of a sudden it would say like shop on Timu. And I'm like, what is going on with this Timu thing? Then I started getting random emails from people about Timu. Then I started to get DMs about Timu, like, oh, sign up through my Timu code. And I'm like, what is going on with this thing? Now, every time Timu would pop up or Temu or whatever you call it, I would click on it and it would send me to this like, it was almost like a casino wheel of like, oh, here you can get 100% off your order right now. I'm like, this is clearly a scam. Like, what is this scam? And then uh, the reason why I started to take it seriously was because there was an online retailer that shut down recently. I- I'm hiring for a bunch of different jobs on LinkedIn. And people were applying from this skin, this distribution company, essentially. Like, it was like a a retailer. And they were applying from this distribution company. and I And I realized that they were leaving the job because the job that they worked at had closed down. And the reason why the company announced that it closed down was because of Timu, uh, that Timu was just obliterating them in prices. So I'm like, okay, this thing is obviously clearly contending in the in, in as a marketing platform. So I finally logged in, created an account, and I was blown away by the deals. I don't know how they're doing this. They're selling like sneakers for like a dollar. Like, I don't know what the sneakers are made of. I don't know who's making the sneakers, but I ordered a few things. I don't even know if this is an ethical platform. I'm going to have to maybe dive into that afterwards. But I I, I got excited because the deals were so good and there were like flash sales all over the place. It was almost like an Amazon. Um, what do you call those Amazon days? Like prime days? Yeah. It was like prime. It was like walking into like a prime day casino. And, it, and, and it's like, oh, like you can buy these socks for 40 cents. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like, of course I need socks. Who doesn't need socks? So I'll let you know how it goes. But um, I don't know that I would trust anything on this website yet, but we're going to find out when they arrive. Okay, so I'm let's walk through this just briefly together. My nurses have been on Timu a lot. There's a, there was a time when my shoes had holes top and bottom. So it's like, I need new shoes. And they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, look, look, you get them here. Now, I will say my nurses and actually the physician assistant I work with have all 
gotten their credit card hacked and stolen within the last year. All of, not all, but three of them distinctly. And they were all from trying to buy the on-cloud shoes, like 50% off some scam. Uh, so I'm going to, but I'm going to log into Timu here. So because my, this is like my first, second impression. I've not navigated this because it looked so scammy. I never had the courage to go into the site. So before I go in, I have to do a security verification. So clicking the puzzle, successful, I'm logged in. Okay, I'm looking at chess pieces. Why? Because you know me, this is like my life from now on. And yeah, everything has a flash sale. Almost sold out, almost sold out, almost sold out. But you get crazy prices here. It's like $5, $3. What about electronics? Let's go Apple computer. And $10, 934 for a Pro 13. And there's no way. Okay, if I am not confident Dr. Shaw is going to, one, receive his orders, two, receive what he ordered exactly, and three, have his identity and information intact at the end of 2024. This is the scammiest website I have ever seen. I don't think that's true. It says that tracking has been received and that I will receive my package between January 8th and January 15th. And so I will let you know if I get it or not. Right now it says it's in Hialeah, Florida. So I am getting this package, okay? And in this package, I'll tell you what I ordered. I ordered a memory foam bath mat. I ordered a pair of sneakers. I ordered like a grooming kit, like a nail clippers and scissors and tweezers. And I actually ordered a jacket. So in all of this for 60 bucks. So we are going to find out whether I am now the most savvy, savvy purchaser of all time, whether I've contributed to some ethical trade or I got my, my credit card hacked. So stay tuned for that now let's talk about tiktok shop which is probably less scammy but also in some ways kind of scammy (laughs) has its own challenges (laughs) okay let me explain to everyone a little bit about how tiktok shop works so and it's not unique it's just made it a lot easier and actually like instagram is known for because instagram has never had a unique idea ever in its entire existence other than after it was maybe initially created but as soon as meta facebook acquired instagram i don't think they've had an original thought ever so they stole reels from tiktok and they stole stories and from snapchat and they you know essentially like they don't so they've eventually they essentially has now stolen tiktok shop idea from tiktok and are now starting to do the same thing so this is what happened okay Why all of a sudden did you start seeing TikTok shop videos everywhere? I'll tell you why. So about six months ago, TikTok decided that they were going to break into the the shopping world, right? Before in the past, like let's say, for example, I'm telling you like, hey, you know, we love different gel, right? And you would say, oh, wow, um, I want to buy that product. You would have to leave TikTok And you would have to go to another platform, Amazon, Target, purchase the product, it would get shipped to your house. Well, TikTok realized that not a lot of people want to leave the platform because people scroll, they keep scrolling, they keep scrolling. So they figured, okay, well, we'll do ads um, where you can click a link right in the video. So then you would start seeing ads where it would say shop now and it would take you to Target, right? So you wouldn't have to leave, search Target, search the product, purchase the product. Now you could click right in the video, but it would take you to an outside retailer. 
um, then still conversions low on something like that, because like people don't want to go and enter their information in from scratch and, you know, log into their target account or their Amazon account and purchase something. So TikTok was like, let's make it even simpler. Let's start shopping, just selling like just like Amazon, where the credit card information and your shipping address is actually entered into TikTok. And then TikTok transfers that information to the retailer. So you, the customer, can shop right in the video. Your information is already saved from a previous purchase, and you can buy right there in the app. So it's made it super easy for people to buy stuff. Well, that's not going to get people to start using it. So what did they do to get people to start using it? They made it so sellers were being charged nothing to do this. So they, so, so TikTok is essentially taking zero commission. So they were literally just allowing you to post these videos, get your sale, and they were going to charge you nothing for it. So if you think about it, Amazon, Sephora, Target, they're all taking a gigantic part of your margin if you're a brand. So this is a huge incentive. You're essentially getting like free access to customers. They're not charging you anything, right? So they're like, okay, the brands are now on board with this. Then what they did was they said, not just that, but we will give everyone coupons to shop. So they were giving customers like $20 off of products and the products were like $20 products. So you could essentially get a product for free. Now the brand would still get the $20, but the $20 discount would be passed on to the customer and actually TikTok was absorbing that cost. So they were essentially paying people to, to shop on TikTok, right? And the brands were benefiting, the, um, the, the people who were making the videos were benefiting because the third piece of this is why do you see all these videos all of a sudden? It's because they're getting commission to, to promote these now. So you'll get like, let's say they're getting 15, 20% commission on every sale that they get through their video. And it's essentially free to the customer. And that doesn't cost anything to the retailer uh, or the person who's selling the product. Like it basically turned into mayhem. Uh, now, since then, they've removed those incentives. They're not doing the couponing as much anymore. They've reduced the coupon fees. They've increased the seller fees. So now sellers are being charged a percentage of every sale. Um, so I'm, I'm, I expect that TikTok shop will cool off a little bit, but they've made enough market penetration by spending so much money over the last six months that I think it's going to actually have a lot of staying power. And it's looking like they're ramping up to do about $18 billion in revenue this year through TikTok shop. That is in. Same, but I have to credit TikTok here. I, you know, what Dr. Shaw said, I, I've, like TikTok, I was very resistant to it, very resistant to it. It's like my least favorite platform. They are innovative. They push the envelope and I actually uh, give them strong kudos for that. And this is just another way that like they very successfully navigated this. So when you see a video and it says eligible for commission, that means you're shopping through someone's TikTok shop, right? Or they have a product listed or linked to their video. Yeah. So they can link, you can link anybody's products, right? So the person has a shot, like somebody else has a shop, right? Like, let's say for example, you know, Cetaphil makes a shop. Um, you as a, as a TikTok creator can add products from their shop into your storefront. Mm -hmm. So you can basically start marketing their products. Now, every time you sell something on your video from their shop, you get a percentage of that. Now, there's advantages to this because one, um, as a creator, instead of like doing a brand deal or a sponsored post, you get to pick the brands that you want to talk about and you get commission off of it. And so if the, the video does really well, you share in the upside of the video 
and you get to choose the products that you want to promote. So it's, it's just like any other affiliate platform for a creator. Just like if you see us and you see like we put links in the description of our YouTube video, that's because we really like the product. And if you purchase it through that link, we'll get a small percentage. It's usually a small percentage. Like I think on Amazon, it's like 1% on like the other retailers, it's like 5%, but it's at least you're basically by shopping through those links, you're supporting the creators that you like and trust essentially. Yes, that's definitely the upside. And I do like that a lot because it gives the creator a lot of flexibility. You don't have a narrative script. Not that the scripts are like wrong necessarily, but there are a lot of limitations in what you can talk about either authentically or inauthentically. Um, and so when you can speak to it, whether through the power of anecdote or what you scientifically believe about it, I, I love that freedom. I love that flexibility. Now, here's the huge downside, huge downside I've noticed that the products being sold the most are not necessarily the most effective. They're the ones that are being communicated for most effectively. And the, oh my gosh, the freaking, that, I, you, you felt it when you went to my house. It's that thing that vibrates on your face. It has a light. I think there's like a million of that one product sold through one video or something <laughs> stupid. And that creator, I mean, wow, great job. You probably made a few hundred thousand dollars on one video. Bad news. That product sucks. It doesn't do a thing <laughs> for you. So I, I've seen just the randomest, wildest products pushing massive volumes. Uh, and the downside is the vast majority of those products are not good at all. Yes. So, okay, now this is the other side <laughs> of the coin, right? So and I talked about the business side of this, why it makes sense, why you're seeing all these videos, why all of a sudden everyone's using TikTok shop and why 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 TikTok is prioritizing these videos other other videos now it makes sense from a business perspective now let's talk about the actual products <laughs> um i 100 percent agree with you now there are some good products that are on there for sure yeah. like you know we see the beauty of joe sun's sunscreen went viral um do do skincare charlotte palomino's brand um i'm big fan of hers and her, her products did really, really well during Black Friday from what I could see. Um, so, so there are brands that are doing well, but I would say that is the exception. Um, there's like 90% of the products that we're seeing on there are brands I've either never heard of that have questionable supply <laughs> sources. Um, and I, we're not even sure about the reputation of those sellers. So one, um, just because someone has a video that seems very convincing, be skeptical. Like we always tell you all, you know, it's all about education. We educate you so you can make good decisions. Like just because you see a video going viral, it's got a lot of sales. Um, the, the product looks like it has good reviews or, you know, well, one, read the reviews. I think that's an important thing. TikTok shop has reviews. So if you want to be the skeptical consumer, look at the ingredients. If you're buying skincare, uh, look at the reviews on the product. And finally, look at the seller, right? Like, is the seller an authentic seller of that brand, right? Like, if you see like an Elta MD product on there, is it being sold by Elta MD? Is it being sold by another reputable authorized retailer of Elta MD skincare products? Or is it even a, a, a not a, like an authentic, not counterfeit product? Now, on the flip side, we also saw like Cosrx snail mucin go viral. They were doing like 200,000 units a month on on TikTok shop. And so I, I do think that there are some good products, but you still have to be just as as discretionary as as uh 
as skeptical as you would on any other shopping platform as you would on TikTok shop just because you see a cool video about it. Still do your due diligence before buying anything. I will say I have bought things through TikTok shop, not skincare. I've bought some like uh, apparel and it's all come and um, they send you a tracking number. It comes in a reasonable time frame. The customer service is decent through TikTok so far. So I've been pretty happy with shopping on TikTok. I would just still be skeptical as a consumer of skincare. Um, make sure you're buying from a, an authoritative brand. Nice. Okay. Well, thank you for that. That helps everybody. Now everyone can shop TikTok shop a little more educated. But something you cannot buy on TikTok shop that did go viral this year is the flaxseed mask. This is deemed your your newest, your latest, your greatest, your cheapest Botox replacement. It's not even in a bottle. It's so cheap. The flaxseed mask. What do you think of this? Okay, so flaxseed masks are going viral. Why? Because they, they look pretty insane on social media. And if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, we'll show you what a flaxseed mask looks like. But it's very gooey. It almost has that snail mucin appearance to it. Flaxseed. Does it have any benefit? I've seen hundreds of videos on this. Flaxseed's actually kind of an interesting thing. Um, they've actually studied flaxseed dietarily whether it's in supplements or it's in a smoothie, it's in a cookie. Uh, I even saw a study on flaxseed cookies. Uh, apparently, it appears to be high in fiber. It seems to be able to regulate your lipid profile, affecting your cholesterol, LDL, HDL. Um, seems to be actually something that is pretty healthy to ingest. And they've even done studies that have shown that ingesting flaxseed supplements, now this is just one study, so it doesn't apply across the board, but can actually help with your transepidermal water loss. So if you have dry skin, it can seem it seems to help with dry skin. It could be because it's high in omega-3 fatty acids. Um, it also seems to help with some like redness and inflammation and sensitivity in the skin. So flaxseed supplements may have a benefit. Now, the question is, is there any data on topical flaxseed oil? No, the answer there is like virtually none, virtually none. And so even then you can go to the, okay, let's simplify it. So if you can't say, yes, flaxseed was tested in psoriasis, eczema, sensitive skin, acne, rosacea, any of the above, or wrinkles, fine lines, aging, dark spots, hyperpigmentation, skin barrier, whatever you want, it's not there. But what are, what's it made out of? What's composition? Dr. Shaw talked a lot about it. The oil composition is highest in linolenic acid. And then I think the second highest is linolenic acid. I'm like throwing myself back to my skin oil days because you know you, what you want to see in a composition of your skin oils. You actually want to say linoleic acid, not linolenic. Not that linolenic's bad, but linoleic is in a lot of your hero skin oils like safflower oil. So the oleic acid part of this it can be pro-inflammatory, disrupt the skin barrier. It's not the major component of flaxseed, so I'm not saying it's bad. I do think it's going to be beneficial. I'm going to, at this point, state I don't believe flaxseed oil is the best oil for your skin, and I don't think it's even towards the top. But that's not why people are completely liking this. I, I think there is this textural aesthetic wow factor that comes along with it. And these things just do well on social media. There's just like, it's like, it's kind of fun. People feel empowered when they can create. And then there's the substitute. It's like, what's the gold standard ingredient that we can tout that this is better than or replacing. And in this case, what I've seen most has actually been the Botox replacement. I, although I have seen more just the masks. Lately. I think it started maybe in the Botox replacement. And then now it seems like people are just masking with it. Yeah. Um, so I completely agree. I think it's more of like the sensory sensorial experience uh, that we're getting with this product. And people do refer to it as like an, another Botox alternative. Listen, 
the only thing that is Botox is Botox and other neuromodulators like Dysport and ZMN and Juvo. Um, nothing else is going to have that effect. The only topical skincare product that has a similar effect to Botox, meaning it like does the same thing as Botox in, in, in the sense of like its mechanism would be argireline or acetylhexapeptide 8. Um, that ingredient has been shown to be able to penetrate the skin and also affect muscle contraction is what Botox does. Botox stops your muscles from contracting. So you're not able to form those static wrinkles. Um, so it stops dynamic wrinkles to stop the formation of static wrinkles. I know we've talked about this before. Argireline works similar as a topical skincare product. It's not as effective, but it's something that if you wanted to avoid Botox or injectables, it would be like the next best thing, right? But as somebody who who does neuromodulators um, one or once or twice a year, I would say that the effects of Botox are far more pronounced. But you could use this as a supplement. Actually, Peter Thomas Roth just can't. I don't know if you've seen this product. Have you seen this product? What? I don't think so. Their peptide skin injection product. Mm -hmm. So they have this peptide skin injection. This is not like a product placement, everyone. I'm just <laughs> It was right in front of me. Um, and this product actually super interestingly, it has argireline in it, it has other peptides in it, but Peter Thomas Roth did a study that showed that people who used this peptide treatment, which has argireline in it, were able to prolong the need for their next Botox appointment. So that to me is a super interesting way to incorporate a skincare product into your routine. So Flaxseed doesn't have that effect, um, so don't get hyped up on that. But flaxseed does have antioxidant benefits. You're not going to see me incorporating it into my skincare routine anytime soon, though. Yeah, it's not it's not deleterious, but it's probably not beneficial. The, oh, but the one thing I will say that I've seen it touted for a hair mask or hair. No, thank you. Like that stuff is goopy. You have seeds in your hair. Can you imagine like roaming your hands through your hair throughout the day, and you just kind of feel these clumpy seeds that you may have missed, just kind of falling out like bugs? No. <laughs> Not a chance. Uh, but anyway, not like a disapproved, but overpromising for sure. Yeah. It actually appears, and, and, and I hadn't done this research until we started talking about this, um, or we talked about we were going to discuss this topic today. It, it appears that flaxseed is something maybe you should incorporate in your diet, though. Yeah, um, there, there's some some data on it reducing you know, people who consume um, flaxseed oil on a regular basis can reduce their BMI. Um, their waist circumference, it can reduce your systolic blood pressure, diastolic blood pressure, it can improve your LDL cholesterol. Um, and so it, it's super interesting, um, the benefits of flaxseed. It's just, I, we haven't seen those benefits on the skin yet. Yeah, they're tasty. The keto, the flaxseed crackers are actually ketogenic too. So I'm, I'm very like opposed to simple carbs for probably the rest of my life. And so I, I, I love flaxseed. I love snacks. I think they're tasty as can be. I'm on that train. All right. Um, so let's hop in next to Sol de Janeiro body cream. The bum bum cream is somehow attracting spiders, according to a viral Reddit thread. What are our thoughts on this? And should you be terrified of a spider invasion? This is such an important topic. Epic topic. <laughs> so I um, so, yeah, I, I forget one of my nurses put this one on my radar too. um then I have this product now as well. I will tell you, I put this to the test. Uh, this is one of their latest products. So first, I'm going to say that the Bum Bum Zé de Janeiro, do they, what is this? Why do you say the brand? Sol de Janeiro is not the same person as Zoe 
De Janeiro De, or what's her name? De Chanel? Yeah, <laughs> not the anyone, same. Why would anyone think that Sol De Janeiro was the same as Zoe De Chanel? Like, no why? one thought that. You're the only <laughs> one thought who that. thought that. I think, I can't remember. There's something that re- this brand reached out to me over something. I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to meet the, the lady from Elf. This is going to be great. It didn't come through, but it also wouldn't have been her anyway. So then I had this product, right? I saw this. The, <laughs> the, the fact that this started in a Reddit thread and has taken off from there. It, we'll talk about that point later, but I put this to the test. So here's what this cream is. I have it in front of the camera for those of you who are not a part of our YouTube channel. But anyway, you look in, it's actually super simple packaging. The cream is thick. And I said, yeah, I don't believe it. I'm very skeptical in general. And so I said, okay, let's find out. So I took this cream. We have a lot of wolf spiders where I live. If you look outside, you can see their eyeballs glistening at night. There's a ton. We've seen one in our house recently. They're in my garage. So it's like easy, easy test. So I cut some paper plates up. I put this on the plates. I left them on the floor underneath some furniture in the garage, in the house, at the office. Left them there for two days and not a single spider. And I know there are spiders because we saw them in the kitchen the day before I put these down. So I 100% believe this to not be true. You know, the fragrance is what it is this is that's the brand right like this is a key component of the brand uh, whether i like it or not it doesn't really matter but i don't believe that this is attracting spiders to your house so it appears that so i started to look at some of the research on this because okay. i was like okay i don't want to just form an opinion so it looks like dr maxfield has empirical evidence from a study he did <laughs> It's not placebo controlled, double blind, you know, you know, <laughs> study, but it, it's close enough. It's one of the studies that the doctor, it's a doctorly level study, doctorly level evidence, <laughs> which is, which I, I consider to be trustworthy. But that being said, I, I did dive into the research on like, are there certain fragrances and scents that attract spiders? And it appears that there are some like pheromones that can attract spiders to other spiders. Um, and so like, is it possible that this combination, this Sol de Janeiro product has the right blend of fragrant compounds to produce a pheromone that could somehow attract a wolf spider? It's possible, but close to zero. And according to Dr. Maxfield's study, it's very unlikely that that's what's happening. Um, it also appears that there are certain fragrances that can repel spiders as well, according to some of the research that I've done. I want to add one more thing because I feel like I've had air fresheners in my car that have actually attracted bugs. So I started to look into that as well. And it appears as if um, certain fragrances that are perceived to be sweet by humans. Okay. So like if we, let's say a Cinnabon smells sweet to us, right? That sweet scent can attract Drosophila, which is like a little, like a fruit, fruit fly, the Drosophila melanogaster also considered the ideal organism i mean when we were um in biology back in my day um we used to use the drosophila um fly i don't know if you did this dr maxfield where you went to college but we used to study the drosophila fly because it had a short uh lifespan and you could um study the different traits that came from like different like knockout variations and different things that you did to these um I don't know how humane that is. I mean, they they are fruit flies or they're not fruit flies. What are they? They're like, I don't, uh, is it a fruit fly? Yeah, it's um, a, that's what I thought. It's a, it's a fly. I know that much. So it's a, some type of fly, uh, Drosophila, um, it's called. And so they found that Drosophila is attracted to scents that are perceived as sweet from humans. Um, and so 
theoretically, if you had a sweet smelling air freshener or a sweet smelling body lotion that could be perceived as sweet by humans, it could attract bugs to some extent. Now, that's not necessarily true for spiders, but at least for the Drosophila. So I'm not completely throwing out this idea, um, but I still think it's low likelihood. And you can probably continue using your Sol de Janeiro cream without worrying too much. Now... Yeah. Okay. So we've come to an empirical decision. It's possible, not probable. That's a phrase I feel like I'm going to be using a lot for this year. It's like, it's possible, but not probable. So the other side of this is how incredible. And for those of you watching on YouTube, I switched cameras. The other camera died. So just now I look this way. The other thing about this, this whole saga is how powerful one comment, one idea is to not only, I mean, I'm assuming this has hit their brand pretty hard, especially for this one product line. But that's not the first time. Um, We've seen this a lot where you have perhaps an outlandish comment, perhaps actually some personal anecdote that something is harmful or hurtful. I think Olaplex is the perfect example. That their their saga with the hair damage, hair loss, the lawsuit, I don't think anything is definitively weighed out on that. That tanked the whole brand. And I think it's incredible just watching um, how, again, not that that's wrong or like it was incorrect. But it doesn't take much now to just undo years of work that multiple people have put in. I, I just blows my mind the power of anecdote. But piggybacking off of that, that there is a counterside to this, and that's the K18 hair brand. So this hair brand, conversely, has been doing great. And this is now going to take us to the part of the show where the Dr. Shaw loves, and I've actually started to love too. It's like the business of skincare and acquisitions. It's just so interesting to watch how some of these individual companies are doing well. They tank, they grow, and they sell. So what is on the radar today? Right. So nice segue there. Um, K18 hair. Uh, so so just kind of like update in beauty finance world. Um, it's something that I'm super interested in. And just the business of beauty, because I think if you think about the business of beauty, you sort of understand why you see certain decisions being made in the industry about skincare products that people are promoting, why you see certain trends going one direction or another. A lot of this is actually based on the beauty of skincare. And a lot of it is reactionary to the data. So a lot of brands are like, unfortunately, I think a lot of brands respond to past data And then they build off of that rather than like creating their own sort of path um, that's true to them. They respond to like data that's coming out of the industry. Um, And the reason why I say that is because right now there's some good data that suggests that dermatologically backed beauty brands are growing faster than non-dermatologically backed beauty brands. And so what you see brands doing lately is instead of actually becoming dermatologically backed, they are using a lot of derms to promote those products in order to match the trend of like what is going on in the business of beauty, right? So this is a business decision to see derms involved in in product development and in um, in videos and in marketing. Um, so it's good and it's bad, right? Because like if you're discretionary, but like at the same time, I think it gets starts to get more and more confusing for the consumer to understand what is a derm what does a derm brand really mean what does it really mean to be a science-backed clinically backed dermatologically backed brand when anyone can put a dermatologist on a brand Um, and so this is much driven this is this is this is much 
This is driven by a financial decision by the brands because they know that it's working right now um, because of the business of beauty. Does that make sense? Yes. So basically having a dermatologist association with the brand is beneficial. The depth and substance of that relationship is questionable on both ends, perhaps. Now, Dr. Schott said something else too in another uh, conversation we'd had a long time ago. He talked about how a lot of brands are have a heritage, like they have a core, like Bum Bum, they love fragrance. Like Saatchi loves this like elegance, rich fragrance, like not fragrant, but like elegant, rich formulations with a lot of unique things. And then you see brands, and I think Casa Rex, who I love, but they develop their like dermatology proved line. And so even if a brand isn't necessarily saying like we are a dermatologist brand, they're bringing out these products with these dermatology favorite ingredients like niacinamide, retinoids. Like, and I think there's good and bad. You do lose perhaps the heart of a brand when they just bring out a similar compound that everybody else has. But the benefit is, and we've talked about this too, I mean, <laughs> as a dermatologist, it's getting harder and harder to be critical because so many brands, regardless of what their initial foundation was, are coming out with the same product. They are like, it's a fragrance-free, nice, and it might retinoid mix, and it's great. Like, I don't know. Overall, I think it's been good for the industry, but there's definitely a downside to it, too. Right. So I completely agree with you. I think when when brands recognize that dermatologically-backed formulas that have both effective and safe ingredients is the way that the consumer industry is moving, and then they innovate in their formulas or they, pr reduce, they produce new product lineups like Cosarex did, I consider that to be a positive. What I consider to be a negative is when they take the same formula and slap a derm on it, and then they say, now this is a derm brand. I think that then it's just creating, it just becomes marketing. So is it marketing or is it product development? I think if it is an improvement in product development and we're getting better products into patients' hands and, and consumers' hands, then it's a net positive. It's If it just means that we're going to dilute what it means to be a dermatologist um, or a dermatologically-backed brand or a science-backed brand, then I think it's a negative. And so um, I say all that to say that understanding the the business of beauty really helps you understand why you're seeing things happening the way that you are in the industry. It's the same reason we just talked about how like TikTok shop is suddenly taken off. It's not like a conspiracy theory. Like these were incentivized by business decisions to get people to talk about products more and more on TikTok and promote TikTok shop links. It makes sense why you're seeing that more and more. It's not because the 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 you know, this, the, the coconut teeth pulling um, product that you see all over TikTok is the best product in the world. I don't know. It could be. I haven't tried it, but it's because of these incentives, right, that sort of drive this this flywheel effect. And so that being said, here's here's the direction here. We'll go over some of the recent two two weeks of beauty acquisitions that have occurred. So a lot of movement in the mergers and acquisition industry over the past two weeks. So um, Dr. Dennis Gross, a uh, derm dermatologist brand um, with Dennis Gross being the founder of that brand, um, was just acquired by Shiseido. Shiseido owns both Drunk Elephant and they own um, Shiseido, obviously. Um, and so, so, you know, they bought Dr. Dennis Gross. So what does that mean for Dr. Dennis Gross, uh, the brand? Um, it means that it will continue to probably innovate in product. It will have larger distribution. You'll probably see it in more overseas markets. So if you're listening to us outside of the United States, you'll probably see Dr. Dennis Gross expand globally uh, because Shiseido has a very global presence. Next up, we saw K18, um, like Dr. Maxfield was saying, uh, get acquired uh, by Unilever. Um, and K18 is a bond repair 
uh, a bond repair product uh, competing with Olaplex. It took significant market share over the past three years and has continued to explode with insane year-over-year growth. Um, this is something that I think Dr. Maxfield and I predicted about two years ago that hair science would is going to explode because it was lagging behind skin science significantly. We saw this interest in, in, in consumers really wanting to know what's in their skin products, what's working, what's not working. And a lot of people want to know the same thing. They want to buy hair products that actually work. And so I, I, this is just the tip of the iceberg because this is the prestige price point. So Olaplex and K18 are at the prestige price point. And what you're actually going to see, and I predict, because I already know some of the products that came out and are coming out, um, you're going to start to see mass hair care brands putting the same science that you're seeing at this prestige price point. So be on the lookout. You're going to see a lot of bond repair products coming out over the next year that are going to put a huge dent in the industry. And it's going to be a good thing for your hair because hair care has long needed an improvement and advancement. Yeah. The, um, what did what one more though? Dr. Barbara Stern. Is that uh, one Barbara Stern. Uh, we've mentioned before in a video where we mentioned that you don't, you don't need a $400 hyaluronic acid product. Turns out you might've, uh, they were just acquired. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, they, they're, they're very expensive products. Um, they're at Sephora. They're in other retailers, I think, as well. Um, expensive skincare line. Um, and they were just acquired by PYG. I don't know how to say that name of that. I think it's like a Portuguese um, conglomerate. They own brands like Carolina Herrera and John Paul Gaultier they, they, and fragrance companies. So they, they're, a, they're a, big, um, a big conglomerate of brands, a big strategic of brands, and they just require, acquired... Um, Dr. Barbara Sturm. So um, while we weren't recommending $400 um, hyaluronic acid products, someone was buying them. <laughs> nice. Okay. That's perfect. And that rounds it out. Now that we will say, I will say too, in the world of finance, in the world of, if you recall when we were playing this roulette game with the Planet Fitness stock, it worked. And I told you, I said it, I said, this gym survived COVID. It might've even have grown during COVID. They fired their CEO out of the blue. It tanked. It, it came back up. It's stronger than it's ever been. I don't have it anymore, but it was a successful gamble. And that's what I will earmark it as. It's a gamble. Stark market is gambling. I don't encourage it. But just for those of you who had listened to that episode and are following along, it worked just fine. It was great. <laughs> so, all right, all right, all right, all right. This is actually kind of fascinating. And, and most of you can just like turn off the episode at this point. Um, like, um, Dr. Maxfield did two things okay he recommended that i buy planet fitness stock and you were all there when he recommended it because it was on a previous episode of the podcast now neither of us were financial advisors but his his logic seemed sound and so i purchased it and i did turn like a 30 percent profit on this recommendation so i sold it as well and then he also recommended a crypto <laughs> to get back into crypto and again i've turned like a 15 percent on that so honestly like your recommendations have been i think even more profitable for me than they have been for you <laughs> so so far you know he's 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 like uh two out of two for me right now so i might start listening to him more often on his financial advice yeah i don't recommend that for anyone you're just with me as we go on this journey right so you get to live vicariously through us so far we're winning um the only stock i've lost on is disney it has not moved in like two years, it hit like a five-year low and it hasn't budged. But everything else, everything else is doing great. I've done very well in Verizon. 
um, as like a side because mm. I'm kind of very risk averse individual in stocks. I feel like a lot of other things I do are a little bit more risky. Like I'm, you know, I kind of invest in small companies. I do like, you know, different types of like riskier, I would consider like higher risk investments. And so in stocks, I don't like to be very risky. And so I, I, I put in things like dividend stocks, like Verizon and, 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 and Verizon and AT&T, like they do like dividends. So they're like, they never really like go up or go down really much, but they put off like a certain percentage dividend every year. And so um, it's like kind of like a steady way um, to like, you know, not really lose much, but not really gain much. It's not like a really strong investment strategy, but I think if you're somebody who's a little bit risk averse like me, you can follow along with my low risk investments. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, less exciting, but much more sound. But yeah, we'll, we'll keep bringing this to you too. Again, part of why we do talk about these things is because we make a lot of life mistakes and have along the way. And honestly, some of it's helpful. Like I get what I just told you about Planet Fitness is helpful to no one. Like I strongly don't advise that. But like we do make a lot of mistakes and we, we do have some successes too. Like we want to share that with you, want to empower you because we all came, we came from a place of a lot of failure. And so um, hopefully in some way as we grow, we'll continue to help grow that, this arm of things with you too. You know, I saw some quote and this is going to be relevant to what you just said. Um, it's be, be kind to your parents because this is the first time they're experiencing life too, right? Hmm. So they essentially like don't, you know, they don't know any, like they're just guessing also, right? And they're trying to guide you in the best way that they can. Just like us, you know, we're living life for the first time and we have expertise in dermatology because we studied it for 12 years and then practiced it for several years after that. And, um, you know, we have board certification in these subjects. And so like, we're considered to be experts in the skin, but like a lot of other things, we're just sort of living life for the first time. And since you are living life with us, um, as we like share our experiences, we want to share the ups and downs of things outside of dermatology, which we are like by no means experts in, but, um, hopefully you'll learn from those experiences, whether it's like us telling us that we, we bought the planet fitness stock and it failed and we sh you should never do that. Um, or we maybe we bought like an Airbnb rental property and it, it worked out or it didn't work out. Like, um, maybe you get to learn, learn through some of our lessons, um, that we're not experts in. So I don't know if anyone cares for that. Let us know in the comments. Um, if you want to learn things that we're up to outside of the education. Yep. Yep. So let us know. I'll probably share them with you anyway, because I feel like it's meaningful, but deal with it. Uh, but <laughs> thanks for tuning in for this episode. Um, we do appreciate you being on this journey with us. We'll catch you next time. Catch you in the next one.